Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Zach Simpson, and Zach is going to talk about the public hearings on the blood plasma center in Albany. So, Zach, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Cynthia, considering everything that's going on in the world with COVID-19. How are you doing with it all? Um, I'm trying to stay secluded, put my TV on, and I do the stairs in my building, and I wear gloves when I touch the banister, and I come in my apartment, and I clean them, and it, it it's... The world's been turned upside down, that's all I can say. It's really an interesting time, don't you think? Yes, and it's really heartbreaking to watch the uh the news and seeing, you know, the number of deaths and you know, globally as well as the United States keep rising. Um, but yeah. for me personally, I think I'm I'm in the second week where I'm actually wearing a face mask out in public, um, if I go to the store. Um, mm-hmm. or if I'm going still pumping gas for the car, if I, you know, things where I could potentially be less than six feet from somebody else, I'm wearing a mask. Right, 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 right. So what's going on with the blood plasma center in Albany? Well, the last time I think I was on your show where we talked about this, uh, Mayor Sheehan uh, vetoed, she issued a veto of Mike O'Brien, Councilman O'Brien's uh, ordinance that passed uh, unanimously at the council level. Um, I think it was 14, 14 to 0, unanimously passed. Um, the mayor uh, identified certain uh, procedural defects in the adoption of the ordinance in her letter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then during that time, uh, the planning board actually approved, uh, they they, um, they determined that the application by the owners of Hannaford Plaza where they want to put CSL Plasma Center, um, they mm-hmm. determined that their application was substantively complete. So what now, and then what happened was um, the planning board um, went forward with a workshop where the applicant, um, it's the owners of the um, Hannaford Plaza, presented uh, the plan for uh, CSL Plasma to put in a for-profit, for-pay plasma center uh, right next to Hannaford, uh, right where the dollar store used to be. Um, But since that time, uh, Mike O'Brien, him and the Common Council are attempting to cure some of those procedural defects that the mayor referenced, particularly... Mm -hmm. um, they're holding a public hearing this Monday because they did bring it. They they reintroduced the uh, ordinance that Mike O'Brien uh, prepared, which is calling for certain uh, standards for blood plasma centers, specifically also, well, this is the most important part, calling for a thousand foot uh, separation between the plasma center location and any residential area, any uh, uh, places of worship, any uh public school or park and um, so that was reintroduced and now they're going to have a public hearing Monday and hopefully if everything goes right the common council is going to vote to 
readopt that ordinance, and then it's going to go back to Mayor Sheehan for a signature. Mm. We have another guest on. so uh, We do. Yes, we do. So who, whoever just joined us, please please say hello and yeah, share your thoughts on this issue. Hello. Maybe that person's a wallflower. I'm sorry, Zach. Oh, okay. Uh, to Go ahead. Is this person? Is there somebody there? Um, just me and you. The other person doesn't seem to want to talk yet. Oh, maybe they're having connection issues. Anyways, so um, if everything goes right Monday, um, the Common Council will pass the um, will they'll, they'll vote to um, pass the ordinance and go back to Mayor Sheehan for consideration. Um, at which point, she may sign it into law, or she may veto it again. Wow! And if she vetoes it again. I'm pretty sure the Common Council will um, override her veto to make it become a law. Ah. So if that's the case, it'll be interesting to see how many of the Common Council members do override her veto. It was 14 to 0, right? I think it's going to be across the board um, that they'll vote to override the veto. Um, I I really do um, because, you know, and also um, Mike O'Brien, he put forth, um, I didn't touch on this yet, he actually put forth a resolution calling for the common, calling for the uh, the planning board to delay consideration of the the application for the plasma center because of... um, you know they have an ordinance that's that's going to be um, voted on. Um, also, mm-hmm. um, I think we talked about this last time. Um, I'm the uh, first named uh, petitioner on a lawsuit against the Board of Zoning Appeals for the City of Albany um, because mm-hmm. they determined that this type of use is, falls under light manufacturing, which doesn't make okay. any sense to me, right. um, and, and that's why we're challenging that determination. Um, so hopefully the you know, and it's with a judge right now, but because of COVID-19, that's been delayed. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things going on between <clears throat> the lawsuit, um, you know, councilman's resolution calling for the planning board to delay the consideration of the application. Um, you know, the ordinance is being passed. Oh, and one more thing. So on the 16th, the county planning board. Uh, weighed in on Councilman O'Brien's ordinance um, that he's, that's going to be before that Monday. And they they recommended to the city planning board to delay action, to delay action until the uh, Common Council has cured the defects that the mayor cited in her veto. So the, even the county planning board is calling on them to delay so why do you think that the mayor is going against the council's wishes and vetoing this and 
re-election is just around the corner. This might be a big issue. What do you think? I, the only thing I do is comment, which is that I think, I hope she signs it, and I really do, because I think it's important to protect, you know, certain, you know, areas of the town. Um, I think even the planning board has already identified over 100 sites that, you know, could be 1,000 feet away from these, you know, residential. So um, I'm just hopeful she'll sign it. That's the best I can say. What's your reason for vetoing it? Well, pre- uh, previously it was because it didn't go to the county planning board uh, for review, um, and there wasn't a public hearing. But there will be this time. Wow. Wow. And and when that veto was overrided by a clear majority of the people in the common council, what reason did they give for overriding the veto? Well, no, there was no override yet. <laughs> there I'm was sorry. no override yet. The mayor vetoed, and then they, the council's trying to cure some of the defects that were cited. So that's what happened. Okay. Do that's, why, have, that's, why, uh, that's why I had to go back. That's why I had to go back to reintroduce public hearing, county planning board. So. So uh, did did any of the council members publicly state why you know they voted the way they did? Well, the last time that there was a vote um, uh, before you know before the veto, they did. Several of them spoke. Um, you know, I know Councilman O'Brien did. I think uh, you know a good handful stood up and spoke spoke up about it. Oh wow! I bet you the mayor was not too pleased with that. What do you think? Well, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, she um she was advised by her corporation counsel to to, to veto, and she did. So, um, but you know, the, I was thinking this. I was thinking this morning. This is about twenty eight months since I first heard about a, a for profit plasma center going into Hannaford Plaza. So it's mm-hmm. been twenty eight months. Twenty eight months of of, you know, this thing weaving its way through different channels. You know, it went to the planning board, it went to the board of zoning appeals, it went back to the planning board, it went to the common council, got table, got you know, withdrawn, went back to the planning board, went back to the Board of Zoning Appeals, and now it's back to the Planning Board. That's what's happened in 28 months with this thing. Mm. Wow. That, that, that's quite a, a lot, don't you think? So. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was focusing on this before I became the Vice President of the Neighborhood, and now I'm like almost, you know, a good portion of my first term as vice president, I'm still focused on this issue, so it's, it's a little boggling. Wow. So, um, yes, it is. It's really interesting. So, um, can you kind of like give give an overview of what would happen if if the veto Days and the plasma center goes in. 
we've had this conversation before. Yeah, so, I mean, early on when I uh, started researching blood plasma centers, I came across, you know, dozens of journal articles, uh, you know, you know, news stories, uh, a lot of, you know, really, you know, a lot of reliable sources of information about these plasma centers because I didn't really know much about them. And, um, you know, there are impacts with these plasma centers, particularly there's loitering concerns, there's, you know, issues with crowding out parking. Um, You know, it does attract a lot of, you know, issues. Uh, Crime, there there are crime issues associated with them. Um, So, and... um, our big exception from the get-go was the way, you know, this, this plasma company kind of targets certain locations like strip malls, on bus lines, near colleges, universities, near interstates. So they target certain locations to try to, you know, come and attract people, telling them you can donate your plasma and get a gift card that's based on the amount of plasma they extract from you. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of interesting things about these plasma centers that, you know, I mean, that's why for 28 months I've been focused on this. Um, it's, you know, it's, I mean, I, I, did you ever hear about them, about them before we talked about it? No. So do you think um, because the coronavirus is front and center now and people are still quarantined and even though there's that panic in the streets, people are upset, they're worried. Do you think this could have an effect on um, on people's health, the plasma center? Well, you know, so the important thing is on Tuesday, the planning board is considering this application where, you know, we have to really push for them to delay consideration of this application until, you know, everything plays out with the litigation and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing I am really concerned about, so I have a science background. My ba- I have a bachelor's in biology. Um, and okay. I did a lot of reading where it talks about a, the, that chronic uh, plasma donation, which I consider chronic donating twice a week is, that's excessive to me, and that's what they allow, these wow. for-profit plasma centers. Twice a week, eight times a month, they say you can make up to $400. Um, but there's a lot of concerns I have with uh, that it depletes your immunoglobulins, that it depletes your natural killer cells. These are like the, the cells that are very, very important to your, your innate adaptive, you know, in your, and your adaptive immunity, like, to viruses, to infections. So I don't think it's good to have people with less of these, you know, immune cells. You know, so I think that's kind of common sense. Um, so that's my perspective. I don't think it's helpful to uh, the U.S. population to have people chronically donating their plasma. You know, so, the Red Cross, I think, allows it every 28 days. So are there plasma centers all over the country. There's there there are there's a lot of locations. Um, I think CSL Plasma has about 250. Um, but you know during my during my research, I saw a lot of these uh, these places in the United States where they had a thousand foot 
buffers from schools, mm-hmm. from residential. A lot of places in Arizona, actually, like Peoria, uh, Avondale, um, they have thousands of setbacks. Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio has a thousand feet. You know, and even um, in Maryland, um, Arundel County has a thousand foot setback countywide. They have a countywide ordinance. So it's not unusual to have a thousand foot setback. Do you think that, that if there is plasma centers all over the country and in largely populated areas, do people's immune system break down? And if so, do you think that the people that are giving plasma more susceptible to the coronavirus? You know, I, you, there would have to be research done to see if there were correlational um, data that would suggest that. But I don't think that's a far-fetched thing to say. Um, I mean, it just makes common sense. If you have less immune cells in your body, will you be more susceptible to a virus which your immune system may or may not be able to fight off? I think if there's 10% loss in your immune cells, that's 10% less ability your body has to fight off a virus. So that's common sense. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, that's pretty basic. So all of this transpired before the uh, coronavirus hit, right? Yes. So um, the first time I ever heard about a for-profit CSL Plasma Center going into Hannaford Plaza was at a neighborhood association meeting in December of 2017. It is Mm -hmm. April of 2020. So you're talking that is three a years long time. Ago. Twenty-eight right. months. Oh, okay, okay. And nobody at that point ever, you know, fathomed something like this happening, you know, which is which is interesting. So, well, so so just you know a little background there. So at that point. You know, I was just a participant in the neighborhood association. I wasn't part of the executive board. Um, But that was the one moment where my head kind of spun around when they started talking about what this was, what kind of use this was, what they do there. Um, And I was like, something doesn't sit right. I'm doing some research. And research I did. I looked it up. I did a lot of research. I informed a lot of people, a lot of people about what what I found. Mm-hmm. So the other issue that you and I talked about is Colvin Avenue. Can you give us an update of what's going on there? At the 60 Colvin Avenue? Mm-hmm. So for your viewers, um, your listeners, uh, 60 Colvin Avenue, um, it's a parcel that is next to Westland Hills Park. Um, it's zoned commercial. Um, it uh, has a little controversial history behind it. Um, it used to be a wrecking yard um, that was there. Um, it's uh, there's been some reports that there's certain uh, chemical compounds, some heavy metals, and some asbestos potentially um, ex- uh, toxicity there. Um, mm-hmm. And there is a developer 
that wants to put in a uh, 63 unit uh, mixed use, uh, you know, part commercial, part residential development um, with 70 parking spots where the site is now. Wow. So what do you think is going to come of that? Um, well, hopefully they'll do more further soil testing to ensure whether or not there are, in fact, um, potentially hazardous chemicals there. Because you don't want another, like, love canal moment, you know, ba- oh, towards Buffalo. Um, yeah. We want to make sure uh, if there are, in fact, going to be residential units there that um, they are safe, that there is no risk. Um, and also, um, we are concerned about the potential lack of parking. Um, 70 spots for 63 units in, re- in commercial seems a little light to me. So we're going to have to really look at that. We're going to have to look at that as things progress there. And the other issue uh, we've talked about, and we did we did a, uh, a show with, with Steve Wickham and... Um, uh, Lynn Jackson, I'm sorry, Lynn Jackson, about the uh, Costco. What's going on with that? Um, that was kind of the last thing I heard about. I did drive by where the Costco is proposed to go in, and I did see some, um, there was some, you know, cutting down that they, tre- they cut down a lot of trees. Um, but um, I think, People are still able to comment on the proposal until I think the first week of May. They can they can still submit written comments to uh, Ken Kowalczyk, the planner of Town of Gilderland. Okay, alrighty. So, what else is going on in Albany that the people, uh, the residents, should know about? Um. Can we talk about Stewart's? Mm-hmm. How's that coming along? Well, Stewart's is going to have a public meeting with the planning. The planning board is doing a public meeting where they're going to talk about the Stewart's project also uh, this Tuesday via Zoom, via Zoom conference. Oh, just so if anybody's interested in participating in the Common Council meeting on Monday or the planning board meeting on Tuesday, and want to speak, uh, you have to pre-register, um, and there's information on the agendas for both the council meeting as well as the planning board meeting on the City of Albany website. So now that you're doing all of your meetings in in Zoom or on Zoom, do you, do you like it? Do you, 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 you could do everything in the comfort of your own home rather than running around <laughs> all over the place, right? You know, it was funny. Uh, somebody posted on Facebook a picture of the beginnings, you know, of the Brady Bunch where they have the squares. Every said, uh, said like, you know, Zoom conference meetings be like, and that picture of the Brady Bunch, that kind of made me laugh because it is kind of like seeing everybody in the different squares is kind of it's kind of fun to me. Um, oh, and you wow. get to see, and you get to see people in their you know natural habitat, the comfort of their own homes. So that's that's kind of fun. Um, but um, you know, 
I think a live meeting is something that we all are used to, and this is this is a good, uh, reasonable facsimile of a meeting, but you know it's not a real meeting. So um, I'm looking forward to us kicking this coronavirus, whether it's going to be a month, or two months, or three months, still being you know you know home, flattening the curve. Um, but I, I am looking forward to getting back to live meetings, really, you know, getting up in front of people, standing up and speaking up for what's important to us, particularly this plasma center issue. I'll tell you something. Um, there's not going to be anything happening this summer in, in Albany. The um, Tulip Fest was canceled. I don't think there's going to be any live music at the uh, plaza, I don't think there's going to be a 4th of July celebration. A live at 5 probably won't be, you know, won't be here this year and maybe Lockfest. So it's really a shame. Wow. These, you know, these are things that so many people enjoy going to, but maybe it's better than getting sick and dying. What do you think? I think no matter who you are or what, you know what your perspective is on this um, it's about our health it's about life and death for people and if right. we have to pull together and join forces and do without these luxuries that we know for a few months or even a full year calendar year I'm all about doing it and I'm committed to doing it, and I hope everybody else is too. Now, if it lasts that long, that means that you're going to be working from home, right? That would be right. And um, I'm fortunate because um, I work in a, a legal profession, but um, I work globally. A lot of my clients are in China, Japan, uh, Europe, um, all across the, the globe. So we all normally communicate via email so that's and also i mean it's hard for me to work with other people um sometimes because we're at a point where you have to kind of communicate only via email whereas before in the office you could pick up the phone and call somebody at the office now you're more hesitant to do that um so that's a little bit of a challenge for me but I've acclimated well. I just got through a full month of working from home. Um, I'm, I'm working at 100% efficiency, so I'm 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 okay at the moment. I'm really am, um, saddened to see the unemployment numbers in this country. I think people are really struggling. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's really upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. So in the final m- moments that we have, Zach, give yourself. A- Little plug. Tell about the organizations that you belong to. So, uh, oh gosh, um, Vice President of Upper Washington Avenue Neighborhood Association. I serve on the executive committee of the Council of Albany Neighborhood Associations. I am a council, common council appointed board member of the City of Albany Public Education and Government Access Oversight Board. I am a trustee with the Rap Road Historical Association. 
I'm a member of the Capital I'm a member of Capital Region Organizations Active in Disasters. I'm a twelfth ward uh committeeman of the Albany County Democratic uh committee. Mm-hmm. And I regularly attend a lot of neighborhood association meetings from the Pine Bush to Beverwick to Melrose to Pine Hills, Whitehall, <laughs> Delaware. Uh, I try to get to them all. So do you ever it. sleep? Do you ever sleep? <laughs> you know, um, if I get a solid five or six hours, I'm good. And when I close my eyes, I'm out. So I, I, I get a good night's sleep. Well, that's great. So you've been listening to Zach Simpson. Uh, this is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, download on your smartphone, subscribe to iTunes, comment about this show, hashtag Focus on Albany. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe, and everybody, please be well. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia, as always. Be good. Bye. Bye-bye.